Are you ready to change the trajectory of your business and see massive improvements? Each week, we'll share strategies and practices to generate sustained results and long-lasting success in your organization. Welcome to the Innovation Junkies Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Innovation Junkies Podcast. I'm Jeff Standridge. Hey, this is Jeff Amerine. Glad to be back. Hey, me too, man. How you doing? Good, good. I'm having a high performance day. What about you? <laughs> man, it's all good around here. Everybody's everybody's having a high performance day around here. Just another Monday. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear yeah. it. Well, that, that's, that's a good segue into what we're going to talk about today, right? Yeah, we are actually talking about performance expectations and how do we make sure that the organization has a set of adopted performance expectations that propel us all to excellence. Let's, you want to kick it off? Yeah, I mean, let's talk a little bit about some of the specifics around this idea of having individual competency measured against clearly defined and accepted roles. So part of what I think we're getting to there, and I'd be interested in your thought on it, is you can have a lot of expertise, subject matter expertise, a lot of depth and a lot of understanding. But if you don't understand how that's to be applied, really what those expectations are and what your boundaries are, and really what your scope of work is to, to, to define it clearly, then you're just, you're all thrust and no vector, as we used to say in, in, uh, in the aviation world. I mean, that, that's really something that can cause a lot of problem. Whereas on the other side, if you don't have the competency, and sometimes we think about that in, in the framework that Gina Wickman uses in traction, this idea, do they get it? Do they want it? Do they have the capability? If they don't have the capability, you might have the wrong person in the wrong seat, even if they have clear understanding of what they're supposed to do. They don't have the aptitude, the skills or the training to be able to do it. In either instance, it can be a real issue. What else would you say about that, Jeff? No, I, I agree. And, and I would even go so far as to say that early in my career, I was probably high on the thrust and low on the vector myself. <laughs> so everything looks like a target, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. I used to tell people that before I started studying this concept of leadership and teamwork, you know, you give me a task. Uh, give me a problem to solve, and I'm going to I'm going to solve it in about 27 minutes. Uh, of course, there's going to be a trail of dead bodies, you know, behind me as you go through and right. open the linen closets and what have you. And I would probably put a team together that looked just like me and act just like me. So we'd have a lot of high thrust individuals with uh, very little uh, vector adherence. Um, but yeah, you know, you, you got to have individually competent people, and and you and, and that's part of your or indicative of your hiring process, right? Do you do you ensure that you have people who are culturally fit for the organization? Uh, do they do they do they buy into the same cultural uh, mores that you have as a as an organization? But then also, do they bring the level of expertise and the level of differentiation that you need on your team? But but then to your point, if 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 you just have a bunch of highly competent people without any boundaries or clearly defined and accepted roles and you just have people stepping all over each other, feelings getting hurt, uh, you know, conflict occurring, uh, rework taking place because you got three people doing the same job and they didn't know the other one was doing it. And so it's really a yin and yang, high quality, competent, high speed, low drag people uh, with with a, a, a enough structure there to ensure you get clarity around who's doing what. Yeah, that's right. And if you think about it in terms of early stage or growth stage businesses where there tends to be a lot of chaos. Managing that well is really important. It's it's, again, this concept of kind of loose tight where there's enough guidance that you don't stifle creativity. People feel like I understand what I need to do and I'm going to be allowed to do it because I've got the competency to do it. So it's, yeah, I mean, that's a good one. That's really, it's a fine one. line too, isn't it? It's a fine it line. Is. It's like a tightrope. It is. And, and occasionally where you do have 
some necessarily fuzzy boundaries. It, the, the requirement then is to have really solid communication on a regular basis so that people can well, figure out how to work together. Yeah. And I'll go down to skip one and go down to the next one where it says everyone knows their individual responsibility. So we kind of talk about that. There are clearly defined and accepted roles within the organization, but the individual performers know precisely what that means in terms of their day-to-day work. They know what it means in terms of their, what we talked about last week, their decision-making authority or their level of empowerment with regard to making decisions, et cetera. And part of that culture too, the best cultures will be, you know what you're supposed to do and you know what your job is. But you never say that's not my job when something comes up. In other words, if something's thrown your way that might be outside the boundary, you figure out how to be helpful and how to how to find the person that can actually resolve the problem. So there's never it's not my job as a, as an excuse, even if you do have good definition. You know, I've coached so many people over the years that if you ever get the inkling to say that's not my job, just replace it with put me in coach. Yeah, exactly. Just put me in coach. You know, put me in. I'm a utility player. Put me in because I was having this conversation this morning with with someone who works in our organization. And and, you know, my response to her was that of all the forms of development that exist, experiences are the best ones. That's so, right. you know, when I was thrust into to uh, the, the into the United Kingdom to to integrate. 21 companies in seven countries and to build an international HR organization, I was just a handful of years away from being a respiratory therapist. <laughs> so yeah, I, you had to learn English as a second language too. Right? I, had to, I had to earn the mother. I had to learn the, the mother language. That's exactly right. Uh, what do they say? Two countries separated by the same language. Exactly. And, uh, and, and, you know, but those experiences, there was nothing, there's not a book on that. There was nothing I could learn from a book or a podcast or, or what have you, as good as podcasts are, and I know some really good ones out there, one, one in particular, two in particular, I guess I should say. Um, but there's no podcast for how to, how to take someone and, and throw them into a, a, a body of experiences and for them to develop themselves in that regard. So a little bit off track, but kind of related. Uh, you know, the next thing revolves around um, having clearly defined performance standards. Uh, in other words, this is, this is not so much on the individual level, this is really more at the collective level of that excellence is not only expected, but it's defined. People know what they're facing in terms of the outcome of excellence in the organization. Well, and they know and they know that it matters because if you do that well, you start with the top level objectives that are, are derived from the strategy. Those get flowed down to each echelon within the company and they're connected and they're traceable so that someone can tell the reason why I'm doing this particular task and it's got to meet that particular standard is because it's leading to this overall objective that's important to the to the company when there's that kind of traceability and that connection it makes a lot of difference in terms of performance and people understanding why they're scored the way they are it makes a huge difference and then finally there's this expectation of accountability and you know i've really I've really challenged my thinking on this concept of accountability just in the last several months. And I had to have the opportunity to speak to a group um, uh, last Wednesday, actually, a couple hundred folks uh, in a leadership event we had. And, you know, I have this definition of leadership on my wall. And, and I and I I tell people that I've I've begged, borrowed and stolen components of it from literally all over the world. And so it's it's so much um, amalgamated together that I now claim it my own as my own. Uh, but it basically says that leadership is the most important requirement for business or personal success. In simple terms, it's defined as the willingness to be held accountable for results 
and then to deliver on that responsibility, no matter what the external circumstances, situation or pressures. So I call it kind of whatever it takes leadership, no matter what. And even when I first started using that definition of leadership, I, I really tended to think of accountability as an act of assertion, as we as leaders have to hold ourselves and we have to hold others accountable uh, to for the results that they've signed up for. And I've really begun to shift my thinking into organizations work much more naturally and performance occurs, uh, excellent performance occurs much more naturally when accountability is an act of submission. In other words, Every leader in the organization and every individual contributor in the organization submits themselves to being held accountable by their peers and colleagues. That's the ideal organization. That's the ideal uh, expectation of accountability is not that everyone holds everyone else accountable, but that everyone submits themselves to being held accountable. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree. I mean, it, it is in a way an act of, of, of submission to a greater to a greater objective and, and or yeah. to a greater cause in the case of the team or the purpose of the business and, and accountability, nothing happens without accountability. And, and when there's not an understanding of, of that accountability or an acceptance of that accountability, people will always feel like it's someone else's problem yeah. at, at any level within the organization. The other thing I would say about accountability that I think about as it applies to leadership is ultimately when you're in a leadership role, uh, you're accountable when things go poorly to accept all the blame and you're accountable when things go well to pass along all the credit. That's right. One of the things you're obligated to do, you're accountable to do as a servant leader is to make sure that that number one asset of any business, the team is taken care of and protected in equal measure. And that doesn't mean that you, you know, that individuals are not held accountable, but your job is to be a shield at times for your team as a leader. I think it's crucially That's important. That's right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Hey, thanks, Jeff. This has been another episode of the Innovation Junkies podcast. Thank you for joining. See you next time. Feedback from listeners like you helps us create outstanding content. So if you like this episode, be sure to rate us or leave a review. Also, don't forget to subscribe to get the latest growth and innovation strategies. Thanks for tuning in to the Innovation Junkies podcast.